Hello there, and welcome to a very special Here's Johnny's Reviews. And for this one, over the next several weeks, I shall be putting out my failed second podcast, the Schlocky Horror Podcast Show. As I and my co-host spent a good amount of time on these podcasts, so I thought, why not slap it on this podcast and see what happens. Now, remember, these were recorded several months ago. So none of the links for the Shocky Horror work. So please don't try to look it up on the internet. However, the other links should work. Anyway, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Shocky Horror Podcast Show. The movie review podcast that nobody asked for but is getting anyway. I'm your host, Johnny T. And no movie is safe from me. From B to Z, in this we look at the best of the bad. With me as almost... It almost always is my co-host and cohort eric from his podcast two bearded losers happy to be here as always johnny well, fan dubby and dozy <laughs> tonight <laughs> we are covering one of my favorite b movies elvira mistress of the dark oh she i'll just say that she was a big part of my adolescence and we will leave it at that mm-hmm moving <laughs> swiftly on before go. before we dive into Elvira's two big pumpkins, I noticed the last podcast was number six. So I thought we should rank the podcast in order from best to worst, which I'm calling the horror half dozen. And I think we should do this every six podcasts, you know. So uh, so every six podcasts, is it just the next six or are we going yes. to do a total? Yeah, the next six. Okay. Uh, and every six podcasts, you see. Um, so, let me see. For my six, I have from best to worst. The best being Chopping Mall. I love that movie. It's just fantastic. Second would be Repossessed. Third would be Jason Goes to Hell, although they could be switched at any time. Fourth would be a Max Mobile Drive. Fifth would be Shocker. And sixth would be Planet Nine from Outer Space, because that movie was fucking god-awful. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you see okay you want me to do from best to worst then yeah 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 okay now our best to worst my number one and it's probably not a surprise to johnny is jason goes to hell still mm-hmm. love that movie still will defend it uh my number two was chopping mall uh this is where you and i start to differ big time number three was maximum overdrive okay that's fair enough number four was repossessed because, and the reason why it's high on this list, quote unquote, is because I, I still love that last 20 minutes. Um, this might surprise you. Plan 9 is next. Oh, really? Oh, my God. And the reason why Plan 9 is above the last one, Shocker, is because, you know what? Plan 9 I sat through and I just I didn't want to shoot myself through a lot of it. Shocker, that lead actor, I just couldn't deal with it. I could not deal with the fact that we had to follow him for 90 minutes. Mitch yeah. Pelegi, bless his heart, did his best, but I think his yeah. name is Peter Berg. He he just blew yes. big time. Yeah, true, true. Although in saying that, it took me three days to get through Plan A from Outer Space, so that is my whipping boy. <laughs> <laughs> so until I find something worse than that, that's my whipping boy. That's, that's put on a pedestal. We whipped at random. So <laughs> let me see now. Oh, yes. Um, I th- well, actually, your idea was to do the top five best and worst Halloween horror movies. I was going to do Halloween-themed ones, but bollocks that one. 
and I've got to write these ones down, so off the top of my head, my top five are the original Halloween, Donnie Darko, uh, H2O, Trick or Treat, and Trick or Treat. So what's your top five best? Um, these are these are um, maybe not necessarily the best in quotation marks, but these are the ones that I have the most fun with because when you see my list, a lot of these are, are crap, but you know what? Fuck it, I have fun. Um, in no particular order, I have Halloween 4, I have House of a Thousand Corpses, um, I have Hocus Pocus. I, <laughs> this is the one, like I said, you know, you'll need the quotation marks for. I have Ernest Scared Stupid. I don't care. I have fun with that movie. Sue me. And then just for the hell of it, based on nostalgia, and even though it's technically a TV special, I threw on the Garfield Halloween special. Okay, then. That is my top five. Oh, if I throw in Halloween specials, I'm going to stick in the entirety of the Roseanne Halloween specials because they may be cheesy, they may be corny, but they're still funny, even to this Hell day. Yeah. So I'll throw up one on my pile. On to my top five worst movies. Here we go. Number one is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Number two is Rob Zombie's Halloween 1. I can't stand what he did to the Halloween franchise. Just leave it at that. Number three would be Night of the Demons or Night of the Creeps. I can't remember which one's actually set on Halloween. That uh, would probably be Night of the Demons, the one at the Halloween party. Right, okay then. That one, I don't know why it's so popular. It's just so shit. Number four would be Tricks and, Tricks and Treats or Tricks or Treats, which is an early 80s slasher movie about an annoying little boy who's obsessed with his babysitter and tries to kill her all night and then it turns out to be his father that's doing it. Weird piece of shit. I tried to get the first podcast, but I couldn't find a fucking copy of it anywhere, so balls to that one. And number five would have to be... I think we're really bad. Um, oh, what was that the thing we were watching the other night? There, I can't remember how it was now. Oh, Satan's Little Helper. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? No, no, I'm I'm searching for it for uh, for you to have me and Frenzy do. Oh my God, it is abysmally bad. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, UK anyway, so I don't know if it's in the US version, but it's so bad. It's so fucking boring and it's so stupid. So what about you? What's your best of the worst okay now this was tough too because um this first one I, I i pulled out of my ass because i don't even know if it's technically like on halloween but fuck it anyway i put honestly and a lot of people might be support surprised i put the corpse bride and the reason why i put the corpse bride is because i love nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. i watched corpse bride and i was just bored the entire 90 minutes i couldn't wait for this movie to be over so i think a lot of the hype is what killed it for me. So I have Corpse Bride. I have, of course, Halloween Resurrection. Mm. The oh, Buster yeah, Rhymes one. Mm. The only thing that, that makes that watchable to me is the opening sequence with Jamie Lee Curtis. But after 20 minutes, who really cares now? Mm. Um, I have a little-known movie called Hollow's End, which is basically a, a group of st- college students, I guess they are, build a haunted house, and there's some ritual that is read in a mysterious book that makes them turn into their Halloween costumes, meaning the girl dressed as a vampire turns into a vampire, killer pirate, all that stupid shit. Very buffy. Um, yeah. The next one is a movie I could not finish. Stan Helsing. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. That is so bloody bad. So don't tell me what happens at the end of the movie, because I think I made it maybe... 45 minutes and that was probably 40 minutes too much 
Mm-hmm. And anyone who knows me knows my number one pick of worst Halloween movies ever is Halloween 5, uh, Revenge of Michael Myers. I loathe that movie, everything about it. That that one was easy to pick for this list. Bottom five uh, worst Halloween movies. Halloween 5 is the worst Halloween movie I've ever seen. Okay, fair enough. Personally, I think the worst of the non-Rob Zombie Halloweens I would say it's Halloween 6 because it's just all over the bloody place. Even if you watch the producer's cut of Halloween 6, it's still over the bloody place. I mean, you have a barely alive Donald Pleasance wheezing mm-hmm. through his last performance as Dr. Loomis. You have an unknown Paul Rudd trying desperately to get out of this thing with his dignity. <laughs> and you've got a weird either rapist michael myers or controlled by stones runestones michael myers so pick your poison sort of thing and he's killed by a bloody what is it a, a pipe to the face a lead pipe to the face and that's how they kill michael yeah, myers yeah all red beats him up with a, a pipe but see the thing yeah. is though that's that's that that as bad as that is halloween 5 has a mute jamie lloyd and oh, what yes. is, when you give a mute a translator you make him stutter you have the stupid cops who are followed by sound effects. You have the only likable character from the previous movie killed off within 30 minutes and replaced mm-hmm. with one of the most annoying characters in horror history, including Buster Rhymes, that Tina character. Oh, God. Um, they made a big deal. Oh, you're going to see Michael unmasked finally. Who cares? He looks normal. Mm-hmm. And then when they mm-hmm. take his mask off, he's in the shadows and you just see him crying. I can go on and on about this movie. I have many, many times. So yeah. I guess it's just a, a difference of opinions and what we want or don't want in a Halloween movie. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I forgot how bad that movie actually is. You've, you've got um, Jamie Lloyd mm-hmm. uh, barely saying a word for 45 minutes, I believe, 40, 45 minutes. And she goes, mm-hmm. the whole ah, stuff, it's like, yep. oh, really? And then she starts screaming every single line of dialogue. It's like, Tina! You're mm-hmm. like, shut the fuck up, you little bitch. I mean, and like, Jesus. And like I said, who, who interprets her? You give her a kid that stutters. That makes it even worse. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. And if I got the whole uh, Fawn's wannabe with that black car, um, mm-hmm. what Michael kills with the, what was it, the garden prong thing? Mm-hmm. And he drives around wearing an alternative mask. Ooh, spooky. And she's too <laughs> stupid to realise it's not her boyfriend. I forgot how bad this movie actually is. So, yes. I think I'll remove <laughs> one of the and shove it on that pile. I mean, because, yeah, I, actually, I think the whole Halloween franchise is just a complete basket case. Right after oh. Halloween 1, it fell off the rails, you know? Well, for me, for me, the last good one that I really enjoy is 4. But that's just me. You know, I, I enjoy 3. Everyone seems to hate on it. I enjoy 3. After 4, it, it just it really goes downhill. Yeah, well, 4 is fun for what it mm-hmm. is. Three is bug nuts, crazy car crash, and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just off the wall, and it's it's fantastic for for that. Two, I'd like to, I'd like Halloween too. It's just too bloody because it was on the heels of of Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. and it went let's up the gore, let's up the blood, let's up this. No, you were supposed to be suspenseful and a stocky movie. You're now going straight for a slasher movie. I mean, because in the original one, Michael killed people by strangulation. And mm-hmm. was it one stabbing? You know, uh, two. I, the, he pins the dude to the wall, and I think the girl in the car gets a stabbing. No, she never got strangled from behind. 
Mm, well, I, I could have sworn she was stabbed, but either way, there's there's less than there's less than three stabbings. There's that's for sure. Yeah, technically he killed his sister at the beginning with a pair mm. of scissors. So technically that's a stabbing. There's I the dude. Yeah, there's there's the what's his name Bob stabbed to the mm-hmm. the fridge door where he was stabbed to. And I think that's it because he strangles the what's his name Linder uh, with the phone cord. Yeah, PJ Souls. Yeah, and he strangles the chick in the car. I'm pretty sure she gets strangled and an neck snapped okay, okay. in the car. Okay, okay. I wasn't uh, sure if he strangled her and then stabbed her, but... Yeah, well, whatever. Um, yeah, okay. And I think that's it, because Jamie, Jamie gets slashed at, but she falls and mm-hmm. runs for it, you know? So, hmm. But Halloween 4 was good for what it was. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Halloween 5 is an annoying piece of garbage. Halloween 6, I thought, was just a complete, cheap, nasty cash grab. I'm going to actually defend... Six, yeah. six, six is a mess, but you know what? I'm at least somewhat entertained. There, there's no entertaining value. Maybe the only thing I can praise, or a praise is a strong fucking word, Halloween 5 for is I love Loomis. He's all, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, I do like the, the chase scene, I guess, with the car and when she's in the, the laundry chute, but that that doesn't save the, the, the dumpster fire that is Halloween 5. No, that's true. I'm going to actually defend Halloween H2O because for what it is, aka a remake of the original, mm-hmm. it works. It has a certain charm to it. Even though there's, there's hardly any blood on screen, it has a certain charm to it. And I like uh, it. I don't I don't hate H2O at all. Um I like the I love the beginning. Everything in between, I guess, once Michael gets done with his road trip to California mm. and then like the last 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes, you know, from once Michael kills Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, boyfriend is nonstop and great. Um, it's just when we have to deal with Josh Hartnett and his friends, I don't give a shit about him. I don't like him at all. You got the annoying horn dog guy. Okay, we get it. You want to bang your hot girlfriend. You don't have to say it every 30 seconds. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But that's, that's, that's just me. But the beginning and that, that, that strong end makes H2O fun. Mm-hmm. Plus a little nods and winks to um, Psycho, which I actually like. Mm-hmm. Halloween Resurrection is a dumpster fire piece of dog shit. Avoid. Rob Zombie's Halloween? No. I don't like the whole white trash thing. I don't like that whole, they're all crackheads and they're all swearing every 10 seconds and it's all blood, guts and gore and Michael's a, a, a complete killer right off the bat. You know, he's killing rats and he's killing dog you know, dogs, cats and I just do that's kill a dog. Then he kills well, the see, bully. See I'm I'm okay with that because, you know, I can get past the the white trash stuff. That's just Rob Zombie. If if you're going to watch a Rob Zombie movie, you know there's gonna be white trash. I like the beginning half with Michael in the sanitarium because a lot of people just think it's oh it's so scary that he doesn't have a reason why he's evil. I don't give a shit. I like how you see he's somewhat He's got like the serial killer stereotypes. He's torturing animals and this and that. So I, I enjoy that. But once he breaks out, makes it to Haddingfield, it's basically a remake of the first one. And then I just kind of lose interest because I don't like Lori, Annie, or Linda. No. Uh, at, at all. Uh, the girl who plays Lori is boring. It's cool that they got uh, the, uh, the girl who played, uh, what the hell is her name? Daniel Harris to be yeah. Annie. So that was kind of neat. And the girl who played Linda, she looked good naked, but she brought nothing to the the table mm. to me. So the first I'm half gonna, I enjoy, the second half, ah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to say something good or controversial here. I don't like sure. the new Loomis. I don't like him as an actor. 
Uh, and I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head. Um, Malcolm McDowell? Uh, McDowell, yeah. I don't like him as an actor in anything he's ever been in. I don't like him at all. He just mm. plays the same character. And I know this is going to be, oh my God, you're, off, you're, you're insane. How can you slag off the great Malcolm McDowell? Because he's a terrible actor, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. What he did to Loomis was take a slightly unhinged character and make him a complete egotistical arsehole and a complete bastard. And you just want him dead. Uh, by the end of it, and then he takes it further in H in uh, H two, and makes mm-hmm. him even worse, even more of a self centered cunt. And I don't like his character of of Loomis at all. So oh, I loved it. I loved I loved when he was the money hungry author in part two. Loved it. No, and this brings us to Halloween twenty eighteen, or H four O, which is a ridiculous title. Uh, I'm going to hold off on going to think of this thing because I'm doing my Halloween special for my own podcast. Here's John's reviews coming this Halloween. So, but I will say I don't like that movie. It's just too, uh, dare I say it, feminist power. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't um, like- let's see here. My, my, my opinion is, um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I liked Michael. The rest of the movie is a bunch of failed opportunities. Missed opportunities, lame scares. I don't like what they did. I mean, I'm okay with um, Lori having PTSD, but by the end of the movie, she's MacGyver and it becomes Home Alone, and mm-hmm. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact they made Lori a gun nut basket case alcoholic. I don't like that. And once you get money to buy all this fucking Home Alone stuff with the whole knife's mm-hmm. cage thing and the the gas in North Malarkey, it's like, oh, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, moving on, back to this movie because <laughs> we're off script. <laughs> Way off script. Okay. It's, a, it's uh, a special Halloween special. We, yes. we can't be limited to just the script. Yeah, true. True. On to Fearful Fortnite. What did you watch between podcasts? Okay, I have a few here. Um, okay. A few that you know really don't need a discussion because everyone knows what it is. I introduced my daughter to both Beetlejuice, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Hocus Pocus. Other than Ernest Scared Stupid being completely retarded. It's still a fun one from my childhood. Beetlejuice is my favorite Tim Burton movie. And Hocus Pocus is a... I didn't realize how dark it was for a Disney movie. Still a lot of fun. Daughter loved all three. And three movies that I did not introduce my daughter to was Wrong Turn, the very first of the series of the the crazy inbred mountain men. I watched Fear.com, which was pretty, pretty abysmal. The... You have 48 hours to live after you log on to a website starring Stephen Dorff. Yeah. And then yeah. A, su- a surprise that I had never seen before. I watched The Sentinel from 1977. Um, very good, slow burn religious movie. Burgess Meredith, uh, Chris Sarandon. A lot of people are in it. Highly, highly recommend The Sentinel from 1977. If you've ever seen um, The Burbs, there's a scene where Corey Feldman asks, Tom Hanks, if he's ever seen The Sentinel. And that's in there because it's Joe Dante's favorite horror movie. So I watched it for the first time, and I thought it was great. Really good atmosphere, spooks, really good. Highly recommend it for a, a good, like, haunting movie. Okay, then I'll see if I can find it on Amazon or Netflix or, or did I say it, YouTube? Anyway, well, let me see. I watched a fact in my movies. <laughs> I watched Halloween 3 because, of course, All Hallows' Eve, The Reaping, which is a very weird movie. Well, let's leave it at that. I watched Goosebumps. Uh, Goosebumps. God, I turned it to Sean Connery. Goosebumps 2. 
Satan's Little Helper, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, Frankenhooker, which is a piece of garbage, <laughs> Freaked, which I didn't like at all. It's just crazy, insane, batshit fucking dumpster fire for the sake of being a crazy, insane, batshit dumpster fire. And last night I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is a boring two and a half hour long fucking fan fiction wank fucking circle jerk piece of garbage. Avoid the plague. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that. You didn't like it? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, it was a complete. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. So let's just jump into this one. So grab your tool and start buying. <laughs> anyway, the budget. With its $7.5 million budget, this thing pulled in 5.5 and quickly became an instant cult classic. Due to New World Pictures going bankrupt, this went from a wide release of 2,500 cinemas to a meagre 200 cinemas, cinemas. Hence why it's such a low return. I mean, that is shocking. Yeah. All because of New World Cinema. Go ahead. No, there you go. Sorry. Oh. Sorry about that. I was just saying, I can't believe it. it It made that little. I mean, it didn't have a huge, huge budget. And the the way this movie turned out, as fun as it was, I'm surprised word of mouth didn't help it. Yeah, yeah, shocking. Like I say, apparently it was released in New York first. And it was a highly successful New York. Apparently there was a hurricane. And there was a delay between getting it from New York to Los Angeles. And we took it up to Los Angeles. Uh, New World Cinema went tits up, and that was it. It was nailed to the floor, dead. Um, but due to it being a camp cult classic, it's now... Well, there we are, we have a camp cult classic. What I do find mm-hmm. completely shocking about this movie is Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, was paid something like $800,000 to write this thing, and that's how she got paid for this. She had no money off this at all, because she took the whole percentage of the profits. Business has made no profits, so she made no money off this. <laughs> that's horrible. Mm, that's shocking. I mean, that's new world, uh, yeah, new world pictures for you. Anyway, back to my little script here. The cast: Cassandra Peterson, William Morgan Shepherd, Daniel Green, Eddie McClurg, Jeff Conaway, and Kurt Fuller. Director: James Singarori. I think it's pronounced his name. Anyway, the plot. A TV horror host is sent to a small town to hear what her great aunt has left her in her will. It's a rundown old house and a quote-unquote cookbook, which her great-uncle is desperately trying to get his hands on. Things go from bad to worse when the horror host finds out she's a witch, the mistress of the dark, and her uncle is the evil master of evil. The two duke it out over who will control all the magic. Can a town hunk, a group of teens, and a French poodle help the horror host defeat pure evil? Find out here. That was wonderful. That was a great hypnosis. Yeah. yeah, I love saying Mistress of the Dark. It's so, <laughs> it's so can't let say that. In. Anyway, right, let's dig into this one then. Uh, the old black and white B movie at the very start of this thing is called It Conquered the World from 1956, um, which is actually a real movie, and oh, yeah. had Dick Miller in it. So, yep. a Roger Commentary from the 50s. I'm a big Dick Miller fanboy, so I was smiling once I saw him on the screen. It took me forever to find out what the name of this bloody movie was called, because it isn't on the Blu-ray, it isn't on the DVD I have, and I had to do some <laughs> digging to find out what the hell this thing is. Mm-hmm. So it is called It Conquered the World. <clears throat> um, Let me see. The, I'm da, 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 da. the movie ends, and we get an introduction to Elvira, played by Cassandra Pearson. 
in this gig. That pretty much made her famous, the sassy, slightly trashy, horror host, shit talker of all terrible baby movies from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Kind of like me, but with tits. Yeah. <laughs> There's a terrible message for you. <laughs> hey, that's okay. And see, what, what I loved about her in this is she's she basically playing herself. I mean, I think mm-hmm. she's even credited as herself in the in this movie and she's just having so much fun she she's she's the reason why this movie is so much fun yes yeah she's credited as elvira playing elvira not mm-hmm. cassandra peterson playing elvira and on to a little bit of digging i found the quote-unquote firing of elvira happened in the early 80s to cassandra in real life um apparently she was fired from some little unknown or not little known rather um la tv station and it was picked up by i have no idea cbs nbc whatever the hell it was and apparently the whole fight between her and a local news anchor was also happened in reality she actually fought with the los angeles news anchor of was 80 8180 so there we are um oh by the way the anchor is tress mcneil who is skinner's mother in the simpsons she mm-hmm. was skinner's mother so uh she also Voices Dot and Animaniacs, and voices characters in Futurama. So there we have it. <laughs> yeah, so if that thing actually happened in real life. She was fired because she picked a fight with the on-air TV news anchor who hated her because she she was so, in her eyes, slutty and fake. So for that, she was fired, which I think I, absolutely shocking. Yeah, I, I like how uh, one of these things is uh, about this movie. It's nothing but puns and innuendo and stuff like that, and. I was having a blast because when she meets this, the the new station manager or whatever, and he's basically putting the moves on her, um, I know I think he cops a feel, and then that's what gets her pissed off. But I just love the fact that his name was Mr. Hooter. I was that never picked his name up, so <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Mr. Hooters. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, dear. Yeah, I have that on my notes also. The, the fat Texan. This also mm-hmm. happened to Elvira, and she was hit on and was told, if you don't put out, you're, you're going to be cancelled. So she knocked him out. <laughs> Very good. And she stormed off. Um, on to Elvira's classic look. Uh, the wig, which she's had since 1981, uh, which Elvira, uh, sorry, Cassandra had until the late 90s when it fell to pieces. Uh, she thought this thing was cursed because every time she got it styled with a gay hairdresser, he died. <laughs> you know? She went through something wow. like five gay hairdressers until she picked, gave it to a woman. And the woman's been styling her hair since 1992, I believe. So the dress is designed to hide all her burn scars because Cassandra has severe burns over her shoulders and her back. Uh, because when she was a, a kid, she pulled hot tea over her and she scalded herself, uh, which is why the, the wig hides the um, the shoulders and such. What else have we got here? Uh, all the good bits are on display. Da, da, da. Ah, the boobs are real and not fake, as people say. That's a whole reel of tip tape to get these things to sit just right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there we have it, Elvira's classic look was designed by a gay designer, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, who died shortly after uh, designing the dress. He so, didn't wear the wig, though. Is that why, right? I'm not sure if it's the same guy who designed the hair, the wig, but I know he designed the dress, and he designed the whole look of Elvira, which, as I mentioned in our second, first pod, second podcast, Vampira sued Elvira for years trying to get her hands on some of this Elvira money but failed miserably because Vampira is based off of Morticia Adams therefore she had no rights to the whole black dress, black hair spooky look thing so 
Um, yeah, she didn't really look anything like Elvira because, you know, the hair was totally flattened down her shoulders. And Elvira's got this big, giant, like, beehive going on, in, in, on the top and, like, a little mullet in the back. Yes, yes, exactly. It's got a completely different look. I mean, it's a tattered dress. What did bloody Bill do? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. Like, she tried to sue her, I think it was eight times, and she failed every single time. God. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love Elvira's dressing room of all the B-movie posters and the signed mm-hmm. picture of Vincent Price on her desk. I love that one. And he was supposed to be in this movie, but he turned it down. It's something he, he much regretted afterwards because he, he sort of thought this was beneath him, this movie. But yeah, once he saw it, he goes, well, done this. this is actually quite fun. So there we have it. It was definitely fun, especially like one of my fa- one of my favourite parts of this whole dressing room scene is she goes behind, you know, this little... You know, I don't know what it is, but a wardrobe or whatever, to so she can change out of her outfit. You know, because I think her manager's in there, and it's a it's a man or whatever, and she's throwing pieces of clothing after pieces of clothing. I lost count how many pieces of clothing she threw at this guy. And then when she walks out, she's in the same fucking outfit. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> That's great. Oh, dear God. Uh, onto the game show Daydream. I love it. it takes a swipe at Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that. The game show host is William Court. Apparently, he was a big shot in America. Never heard of him, so eh. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, well, onto the Macabre Mobile, a 1958 T Bird hardtop with its top sliced off. This was a piece of junk, apparently. It cost $2,500 and it was in for repairs and got the whole thing all done up. And it cost $7,000 plus. And apparently, it never rode right. It would only go about half a mile, then go kaput. <laughs> so let me have it. Of course. It, yeah, it was also designed by the same guy who designed the Battlebill, the 60s Battlebill. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, ve- yeah, oh that's, that's perfect. As campy as that is, it's perfect for this type of movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Cassandra has this car to this day in her garage. And she pulls it out on special occasions. Like I say, it barely runs. It runs for like half an hour and it goes and breaks and you know, just breaks it. I love that one. <laughs> the axe murderer Elvira picks up is Joey Ares, one of many, many groundlings cast members in the cast because she was a groundling before she was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. She was a groundling. Uh, she also had a Vegas, I think it was, show. Was, yeah, I believe she was a showgirl. Yeah, she was a showgirl. Yeah. She also had another Vegas show with a bunch of gay guys. Um, seven gay guys I think it was and it was called Mama's Boys and she was Mama and she had the seven gay guys and they were all dancing and stuff and doing all cap stuff and da 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 so there we have it uh, what else do we have here the cop what pulls over Cassandra when she's leaving town she finds out her great aunt has left her money and such in a will the cop is Bill Gable Cassandra's ex-boyfriend he was the one in Basic Instinct that Sharon Stone ice picks to death and according to Cassandra she actually stabbed him six times with that fucking ice pick. You know, he's actually Jesus. screaming on the set as the thing's going through his his chest. This boggles my mind. You wouldn't think of using a fake ice pick during that scene? Yeah, yeah, utterly ridiculous. And apparently Charlotte thought it was, oh, he's getting to catch, I'll do it worse. And she's fucking stabbing him harder with him. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's actually in the movie, the next time you watch Beast of Instinct, that's him tied to that bed and she's fucking going psycho with the ice pick. Mm. Anyway, where was I now? Because apparently he had a body cast thing. It was a protector thing. Um, she was also supposed to hit on, on the top, but she, she stabbed him through the shoulder, stabbed him through the, the lower mid 
uh, midsection and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. He was a male model for Cult in the 70s under the name Stoner. Now, Cult is a gay magazine, I believe. So, moving on. <laughs> yeah, news to me. <laughs> moving on to the gas stage, station attendant, which is John Paragon, who's one of the writers. And he's also the writer for A Wider's Movie Macabre. So I loved this. I loved this old man. He he's he reminded me of like you know you you see them in a lot of these movies. He's always talking nonsense and this and that. I'm you know, talking to himself. The best part of this whole scene was he's, he she takes his car her car into have a fix and they do their little spiel just as no, she no, walks. No 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 that one the one where the gas station explodes. Oh my bad. Even worse. Okay, go ahead. I know it's oh this yeah. is this is dirty redneck guy. Okay. Yeah, the redneck guy. He's the writer. And he's also Cassandra's writer for Movie Macabre. That disgusting guy reading Playboy, which I believe was Elvira's Playboy, I think, or Cassandra's Playboy. And he's doing the picking a nose and farting and stuff. And yep. she's got the boobs on the windshield and wiping it all down. This morning, and she spills mm-hmm. the, the gas and he drops a cigarette and boom, it blows up. Which I just love that. It was just genius. Yeah, what does she say? She says that she looks at him smoking the cigarette and she says, hey, those things will kill you. And then yeah, 30 seconds later, it blows up. That yeah, was great. An explosion was done for real. As Cassandra said, she could feel the heat and the shockwave of this thing as she drove off. And it was done in one take. <laughs> oh, I'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. So that's a real explosion. And in the middle of the desert in Vegas, I think it was. Just as out Vegas, they blew this whole place up. So that's quite cool, actually. I love the fact how they have the actual star of the movie in the car, driving away as the thing mm-hmm. goes boom. What happens if something yeah. impales on the back of your head? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the chance you take, I guess, when you when you're trying to get a, a low budget movie like this made. Yeah, true, true. That's very true. And moving on to oh, she's driving in the road and she's singing um, what the hell's that song she's singing? The hey 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 thing with the hot dogs. She's eating a hot dog and it falls on her tits. Yeah, she's she, she's driving her. She's got uh she's got French fries on her dashboard and she's she's drinking a, a soda and then she's trying to eat a hot dog and of course the the hot dog falls right in between her tits and she's her breasts are just smeared with mustard. So there's another you know innuendo right there for her boobs. Mhm. Was mm-hmm. oh, so it once bitten? I believe that song was called. I think once it was once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, twice shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the um. Uh, the girl in the car, apparently she was the makeup artist. <laughs> so, the girl in the horse, horse-drawn carriage. Oh, the Amish. Yeah, yeah the Amish. Was a, that yeah. was a weird, you know, just random joke. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to be an actress, but she was sick, so they got the makeup artist and put her in. <laughs> and that was it. Cheap uh, cheap. Yeah, cheap is cheap, yeah. yeah. On to the town that her great-aunt stays in is Falwell, Massachusetts, which is the same outdoor set used in Critters 2 and the Ghost Whisperer. I thought it looked familiar. I'm a huge Critters guy. I, that makes perfect sense if it's Critters 2. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the first time I watched that, I, mean, I know that, that town for somewhere and it's, it's the one that's in Critters 2. It's also used in Back to the Future, I believe. So, but we'll get back to that later. And on to the target audience, the horny teens. Randy, played by Chris Cram. Uh, Sean, played by Scott Morris, and Bo, played by Ira Hendon, famous for being in Nightmare on Street 3. He was the wizard master. The, that was, yes. The, the biggest build-up and the biggest disappointment of all the dream dream warriors. Yeah, I am the wizard master. I was. I don't believe in you or something. Oh, that's how they kill. How did they kill him off again? Sorry, kid, I don't believe in magic. 
And I yeah, said, <laughs> right. there's this big buildup that he's the wizard master. He shoots Freddy with, with, you know, lightning out of his hand. And then Freddy just says, I don't believe in fairy tales and stabs him. And that's it. Hmm. Interesting little fact I found uh, about this. Apparently, Brad Pitt was supposed to be hired, but Cassandra saw him and went, yum, yum. And she says, I'm sorry, but if Elvira, yeah, if Elvira saw Brad Pitt, she wouldn't go for Bob. She would go for Brad Pitt. I think Brad Pitt was supposed to be played, um, playing the muscle, the muscle guy, which I think mm-hmm. his name was Sean, who's a complete nobody, apparently. He was a football player, high school football player they picked up and Boom, there we have it. <laughs> hey, kid, you want to be in a movie? Sure. Yeah, no problem. You're pushing around some old 1950s car. Yeah, you're playing a virus. Love interest, kind of. Okay, then. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Mm, yeah, yeah. On to the town, busy border. Uh, busy body? I can't fucking speak. <laughs> Chastity Pariah, played by Eddie McClurg, who was the fat boy in Carrie. Yep, she was the fat bully in Carrie. She was in uh, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, the one that tells Steve Martin he's fucked with his rental car. Oh, right. That's also she is. And she was also the secretary in Ferris Bueller's uh, Day Off. Oh, watch. Well, I've seen that movie in years. Oh, well. And I love the line of Ida has for her. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. I mm-hmm. love that one liner. I use it constantly. Oh, yeah. And I love I love her her name, Chastity Pariah. It's mm-hmm. just perfect for this type of role. And she always has her hair in, in rollers. Her hair and mm-hmm. and apparently the rollers were, were too small for her head or too big for her head and the hair was digging it was pulling her hair out by the roots apparently so she hated to wear any rollers. Let me see now. On to the B and B owners, Mrs. Meeker, played by Pat Crawford Brown of Sister Act Movies, and Mr. Meeker, played by William Joe. And why did I get a mouth of madness from these two? <laughs> I, I loved I loved him. He was he was he was always funny whenever I saw him just Every time he couldn't take his eyes off Elpira, it was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Apparently they two had an affair on set. <laughs> so as you do, not 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 Cassandra, uh, Pat Crawford, and what's his name, William Joe, had an affair on set. Apparently, so there we have it. Both in their, I think they were in their seventies. I think they were. So a little latter life love story for them. Like I say, is mouth of madness. Is it me or the, are they two kind of playing the? Have you seen Mouth of Madness? I've seen it a couple times. Don't ask me what the hell's going on because it still confuses me, but I've seen mm-hmm. it a few times. Well, see the B&B one where it has the husband handcuffed to the radio and she kicks mm-hmm. him in the f- That's, I'm getting that from day two, but yeah. it's just me. Anyway, um, also their daughter. Is it daughter or granddaughter? I think niece? granddaughter. Mm, okay. Robin, played by Ellen Dunning, who is a vice cop for LAPD. That made my fucking... F- Jaw hit the floor. I found out about that one. She's in a vice squad. Oh yeah, that that I had no idea about. No, no, because on the Blu-ray, which I watched while doing this thing, I've watched uh, listening to the director's commentary, and Cassandra says she's an early vice cop. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. The henchman Travis, played by Jeff Connery of Greece and Babylon Five, and Billy, played by Frank Coulson, who apparently is. He's a big actor, but I don't actually know anything he's in. So, yeah, I knew I knew Conway from uh, from Greece. My wife's a big Greece fan, and he was in Taxi. And then, of course, he went on to like Celebrity Rehab, which is where he became real infamous. But the other actor, I have no clue who he was. He didn't even look familiar to me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like I said, I know Jeff Jeff Conway from Babylon Five. 
because my partner's a big sci-fi nut and mm. he watched that and he goes, oh, it's time to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the Amazing Spider-Man comic they ripped up was worth more than this movie's budget. It is worth $8 million to this day. Oh, no. Cause it, yeah, because it's an introduction of Venom. So, ooh, kidda. <laughs> Somebody don't fucked up there. <laughs> yeah, big time. Oh, yes, yes. Let me see now. Da, 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 da. Oh, yes. On to the bowling alley owner, Patty, played by Susan Killerman of Beetlejuice. She's the one in the gold dress. It's okay. I will. I was sitting there watching the, this with my wife. And I'm like, where the hell do I know this person from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just same. watched Beetlejuice the other night, too. Yeah, it was the same. I was like, what the, I know her from somewhere. Where did I know her from? I looked up her IMDb credits. And she's in Beetlejuice. She's the one in the gold dress in Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And I love she's a complete utter bitch to Elvira because Elvira has the real boobs where she mm. has the, the the stuff bra and such yeah, which we, we get a, a, a very very good payoff with that in the later on in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I love the one liner do you want a virgin I'll have a few drinks first and then we'll see how it goes I love that line <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I said you gotta, you gotta take a counter or have a counter with you and just click it every time there's so many bad one liners and puns but they're, they're, the way she delivers them just makes them so much fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On to the town hunk, Bob, played by Daniel Green of Kingpin, me, myself, Irene, and a boatload of comedies, which I've never heard of any of these things. Apparently, he was a former football star, and Avira picked him out because he had a fat ass, which is her words, not mine. Oh, he does have <laughs> a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, apparently all the women were swimming over him. So he was the right pick for the town hunk then. I guess. Yeah, I mean, to me, he just looked like your stereotypical meathead, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, that was the point. He was playing a stereotypical meathead, a okay. dumb jock, but yeah, actually I, clever. I got actually... like a big, like, Lou Ferrigno vibe when I looked at him. I don't know if it was just, like, the big, giant, black, you know, chiseled face or whatever, but I was definitely thinking Lou Ferrigno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I said, he was a former football player. And I think this is one of his first movies, so there we have it. I mean, a virus saw one where he'll do. I mean, he's got a fat ass on him, and he's relatively gorgeous. We'll hire him. <laughs> you know, he's my lead yeah. man. Yeah, I kissed that one, so he's hired. <laughs> yes, and apparently the kiss scene was done 25 times, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure she had something to do with that, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She's been the writer and um, the producer, I believe she was. So mm-hmm. there we have it. And, of course, the star. I should mention, he's the town cinema owner. And I love the line she has. There's nothing wrong with G-rated movies as long as they have lots of sex and violence in them. I love yep. that line. <laughs> yep, I have that written down in my notes. Yeah, because he's talking about how... That's why he makes no money is because oh they were walking down and they said oh did you ever see uh, what was it Bride of Satan or the sequel Bride of Satan two no oh, I we're married, only allowed to show G rated movies yeah no it's I married Satan I married that's, Satan two that one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's genius I don't make any money because these are terrible movies yeah nothing wrong with G movies as long as they have lots of sex and nudity in them or sex and violence rather in them you know so mm-hmm. mm. on to the lawyer Mr Bigelow played by Jeff uh, sorry, Jack Fletcher. I have no idea who this guy is, so moving swiftly on. Yep. Uh, un- Uncle Vinny, a.k.a. Vincent Talbert, played by the late William Morgan Shepherd, father of Mark Shepherd, the king of geeks, allegedly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, he definitely had that mean old man look, and he, he did what he had to do in this movie. 
But I just love how you call you called him Uncle Vinny because that's what Elvira just kind of put him in his place. She just calls him Uncle Vinny instead of Vincent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's named after Vincent Price, who turned down the role because he thought it was too racy for his brand. And Lyle Talbert of a ripping boy, Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> so that's how he's called Vincent Talbert. Yeah, oh, I, love okay. his, I love his look. He's basically the curmudgeon old businessman. He's basically like the old woman in Gremlins that runs mm-hmm. the town. He's basically like the male version of her with the walking stick and the the sort of evil grin and the glass eye, of course. Yeah, and he's got a, he's got a big fang like that sticks out of the side of his mouth too that I just could not stop staring at. Mm, yeah, yeah, really bad dental work there. Mm. So on to the reason why Elvira's in town. She got a, a house and a cookbook from her great aunt or mother. Is it her mother or is it her great aunt? A great aunt. Ah, because in the director's commentary she says it's, it's her mother. I'm going, but you say great aunt and oh, moving on. Yeah, I think house... I, she must have messed up because the, the aunt was Vincent's uh, sister, so that's where the Uncle Vinny line came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that house is a cycle house. Because mm-hmm. it was oh, shot that... on the Universal Backlaw. So that's the that's, that's your cycle house. Yeah, it was perfect. Love it, love it. And then I love how, you know, later on at nighttime when there's thunder and lightning behind it, it's just like the cheapest thunder and lightning effect you can get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's so cheap. Apparently, Avira was ashamed at the special effects in this. I'm going, that's the part of the, the charm of this movie, is the mm-hmm. cheap effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, go on. On to Gonk the dog, who hated everyone on set and bit Cassandra several times. It had to be sprayed with food colouring every single day and be punked out, which pissed it off even more. <laughs> oh, you know, that would explain why I would want to bite everyone. It's piss- it's a, if you were messed with every day like that, you'd want to bite them too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Apparently, it bit Kurt Fuller on the ankle so much it actually drew blood. So oh, there we have it. Do, 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 do. Yeah, apparently there was a vicious little so and so and hated everybody on set. As Cassandra talks about in the director's commentary, every single time the dog's on on scene, you have, you hear the the owner of set going, "Gonk, gonk, sit down, sit down, don't move, sit, stay." Because apparently it demanded attention constantly, and she mm-hmm. hated this fucking thing. So there we have it. Uh, onto the yeah, painting. They always, say, they always say never act in a movie with animals or kids, and yes, that's why. Yeah, exactly, exactly. On to the painting of the great ant, which is Cassandra out of the Elvira get-up, which Cassandra owns. It's in her garage. <laughs> oh, very nice. So that cheesy-ass, what was it supposed to be, Victorian painting, mm-hmm. is is actually uh, Cassandra out of um, drag, if you want to call it that. Uh, apparently it was done in one day. It wasn't. That's not that bad for a one-day painting. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Very impressive. Yes, very, very impressive. I think it was something like $5,000 it cost. So. Oh, Jesus. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. And the outfit Elvira is wearing after her nightmare. By the way, she's lying on 15 wigs at that nightmare. But, I mean, I just love that one. That's her nod to Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> the, <laughs> all the wigs and the huge hair. Anyway, that outfit is a nod to Elvis, who Cassandra spent one night with back in the 70s. And he told her to leave Las Vegas because, as I said earlier, she was a Vegas showgirl. She mm-hmm. was the youngest Vegas showgirl in history, apparently. She was 15 when she first started it. Well, that explains why Elvis liked her. Mm, exactly. Elvis, she, he told her to leave. She never actually slept with Elvis. She just like talked to him all night, and he gave her 
great advice. And actually named her Elvira, so there we are. She did, however, with Tom Jones, who took her virginity when she was 18, I think, 18 or 19. And apparently, he later said, quote, she was the worst shag he's ever had. The girl was scars all over her body and she was a shite lay. Fucking charming he is, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, I said she was a virgin and apparently Tom Jones was well endowed. And he wasn't nice to her at all. He basically wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, to her. I mean, what a complete arsewipe. Well, yeah, he definitely, he gave her the sex bomb and then he kicked her to the curb. Yes, yeah, what a complete dickhead. Anyway, moving on. The montage, but of course it has a montage because this is the fucking 80s. Mm-hmm. To show, to shout rather, which the music was not picked by Elvira, but they couldn't afford the music they wanted, so I had to go with shout. And I love the one-liner, grab your tool and start banging as they're decorating up the house because the house is trying to get um, sold. Because she needs, was it $50,000 to get to Vegas to do her big Vegas mm. show thing? And they do an 80s montage. All the teenagers in town help to do up the the house. They, they paint it multiple colored stuff. And it's, oh my God, it's terrible. Yeah, um, to me, I was telling my wife, because she was watching this off and on with me, I said, by the end of it, it looks like it was something out of like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's based off a, a real house in... Oh, where was it? I can't remember. It was actually mentioned in the Twitter's commentary. And that's based on a real house. I think it was somewhere in Boston. Was it owner, was. owner blind? I have no idea. Apparently, that was that. And there we have it. I mean, I love the fact how all the are all purring on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, come on. You know, you have this woman, you know, she, she she's wearing like the tightest dress possible. She's got the biggest breasts you've probably, these kids have probably ever seen. And she's on all fours, you know, doing what she can do. You, you, they're, they're, they're there to help her and help themselves, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention, the night before, where they tried to sneak a peek at Elvira's boobs, um, mm-hmm. there's a thunder lightning storm, of course, and she's getting changed behind the the um, the divider. And mm-hmm. she's pulling off the top and all that stuff. Da, 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 and he goes, did you see that? I heard this one. It's one of the biggest cookies I ever saw. And I was like, oh, God. As they have the, the, the three pervy teens hanging onto the window ledge going, I want to help you in the morning. <laughs> I just love yeah. that. Bit. She, she scares them. She scares them and causes them to fall because she sticks her head out and she's covered with the, the green facial mask and everything. So it was it was, it was was a funny joke how, you know, she's getting all sexy and everything. You see her in her in her, in her nightie and her, her panties and everything. And then she walks off screen topless. You just see like her, her, her bare back, but you know she's just in her underwears. And then they do the, the gazonga line or whatever, because, you know, that's what you call breasts in 80s teen sex comedies. Mm-hmm. And then she sticks yeah. her face out. You know, they're hoping they're going to see her nude. But, you know, she's just covered in that, that that green olive mask or whatever the fuck you would call it. So that was a kind of a fun joke. Another fact, when she goes back to bed, she has an entire row of, of toilet roll around mm-hmm. her head. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently that's an old 60s trick to keep your hair. Um, yep. If you have the big up to. Yep. So there we have it. Uh, onto the real estate agent, Mr. Glauter, played by Kurt Fuller. And this is one of his first movies. Uh, he's a real estate agent in real life until 1990, apparently. So there we have it. Uh, he's best known for No Holes Bards, Ghostbusters 2, and Scary Movie. And uh, don't forget Wayne's World. That's where I first recognized him from. Oh, yes, I've got Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Rob Lowe's uh, assistant. And Kurt Fuller's always great. Whenever he pops up, he's one of those, oh, it's that guy actors and he always he's always does a great job with what he's given yeah yeah that's very true 
and so like I said, I didn't even realise he was a real estate agent in real life until 1990. I mean, they mentioned it on the the documentary that's on the Blu-ray. Uh, well, by the way, I highly recommend you get the Arrow Blu-ray of this because it's fantastic. It's, it has, like, multiple documentaries on it. It has an hour and a half documentary, which I found yeah. absolutely fascinating. So I definitely want to. It's just, I don't know, if, is that one just UK only, Region 2, or is Arrow in uh, in America too with, with the Elvira one? Because I know there's a big distribution problem. I'm not sure, to be honest. I know there's a three-disc version of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which was released last year for its 30th anniversary. But I don't know if it's the same of, as the Arrow version. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to look into it because this is definitely... I mean, we'll get into it at the end, but spoilers, this is definitely a movie I'd want to own to, to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have it on DVD and never on Blu-ray. <laughs> I love this movie. I also saw it about 25 times. <laughs> This movie is fantastic. And as I said earlier, Gonk bit Kurt Fuller through the leg uh, and it drew blood. And apparently it left te- teeth marks for years later. How fucking strong is this dog's jaws? I mean, for crying out loud. Yes. I mean, utterly ridiculous. And how the hell could it be a trained dog if it hates anybody and bites everybody on set? What a fucking little vicious little so-and-so. Well, we said it was trained. We didn't say it was well-trained, okay? Mm, well, that's true. That's very true. It's done in the cheap another montage because again this is an 80s movie of Elvira mm-hmm. looking for a job again this song was not picked by Cassandra but it's all they can afford which is a town without pity I believe it is mm-hmm. and I was getting a lot of Edward Scissorhands from this with the whole gossip mongers on the phone so oh and another one of my favourite one liners how's your head I haven't mm-hmm. I complained yet same love yeah. same <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that, like, because um, the hunk, he's uh, working on the marquee at the top, and he, he, I don't remember what the word says, but it says something duck, you know, that's, that's the last word. He drops the, he he, he drops one of the letters, like, right on top of the head of Elvira. He goes down and checks to see if she's okay. Oh, hey, how's your head? Well, I haven't had any complaints yet. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm okay. You know, it, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I love the fact that it's a D that hits her on the head. I love that one. Um, he definitely gave her the D. Yes, yes. Uh, what was I now? Da, 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 da. Uh, yes, Daniel Green caught Elvira 35 times for real. I guess it's a perk of the job then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's on the stepladder and she just falls back into his arms again and again and again. So, eh, per- perk of the job. Yeah, lucky bastard. <laughs> Moving on. I love the, um, <laughs> the fact that the town busybody has Elvira banned. Uh, because apparently the headmaster has found the pictures that the, the Hornetines has taken. Mm. Uh, so they're in a town meeting and of banned Elvira. Da, 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 da. So Elvira goes into the, the bowling alley um, to talk to teenagers about having a, a what was it she wanted to have? A bad movie night or something like that? Yeah, just just something like that because um, we forgot to talk about the, the other fun joke about the, the marquee, how um, Elvira, when Elvira climbs up the ladder, and um, one of it, she's got like she's got a letter E, and like I said, the word duck was was on the marquee, and the D fell off. And she's holding the letter E, but she's holding on to the bottom um, part of the E, so it looks like she's holding an F. And that's right when um, Chastity or whatever yeah. Edie McClure's character walks by, and she says, and it looks like um, Elvira is like on the late on the ladder, and she's making a movie say how to fuck. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. Apparently, the MPA hated that and was going to give this an R rating. Oh, so they had to, yeah, it's utterly ridiculous. So they had to fight to keep that bit in. It's utterly ridiculous. So like I say, the busybody can't stand Elvira, so they're all gang up on her, and they're all turn her back, and she, well, she can't get a jump. And of the the other one other Elvira has, remember me by two simple words, any two as long as are simple. I love that line. <laughs> remember me as a as a was a set of great boobs. I'm a great pair of legs too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else do I have off the top of my head? Oh, yes. Do you always wear the same dress? No, I like to wear something a low cut and, and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I can ramble these off all night. This, and, this and her delivery is just perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 Her delivery is just fantastic. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yes. These teenagers were not in the original script, but was studio demanded uh, because apparently this is going to be based for students. No, she kept it a slightly naughty um, adult comedy you know sort of adding tears into it to, to sort of water it down to make it a pg-13 keep it bloody r-rated you know and they were shoehorned in hence why they have no character development and no backstories yeah you know unlike um the real estate agent and the busybody and of course uncle Vinny himself because they're shoehorned in last minute because the studios went oh put teenagers up because teenagers bring in the money because teenagers have all the money and all the power bollocks you know Oh yeah, you could tell they're shoehorned in there because other than like the the quote unquote love interest, uh, the other ones they're 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 just sporadically through this movie and they're they're seems accomplished nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's utter ridiculous. And plus, they're playing what seventeen, eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Isn't that against the law? <laughs> I mean, Elvira has what in her thirties in this movie. So isn't that sort of Joe bait material? <laughs> Eh, it depends on where you're filming, I guess. You know. Yeah, yeah true, true. Anyway, moving on. The movie she finally shows is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and I'm tempted to do it for this podcast, by the way. I'll tell you what. Um, I was watching that part with my wife, and I just started humming the theme song to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. She gave me the, the weirdest look in the world. I'm like, hey, you know, it's one of those stupid ass movies from my kid, from my from my childhood that you know. Once you get that song stuck in your head, you can't get it out. And she's told me, please don't sing it because I don't want to be singing it either. <laughs> yeah, so this thing is uh, all-nighter, and I cannot tell you how many midnight screenings I've been to or many Halloween all-nighters or all-nighter horrorthons. In fact, every single Halloween, I have a Halloween horror all-nighter in my house, which I watch the best of the worst I can find. I start at midnight and I finish at 8 a.m., as Ooh. that's the end of the summer, we have an extra hour in Britain. So there we have it. Yeah, I watched the best of the worst. It's ridiculous the stuff I find. Hence why I found Satan's Little Helper. Yeah. And I found all these bizarre movies like uh, Wolfen, uh, Monster Dog. Uh, what else do I have off the top of my head? Um, what the hell is that one? Big Bad Wolf with a talking werewolf. Which is terrible. Um, Company of Wolves, which is the Ang- Angela Lansbury spin on uh, Little Red Riding Hood from 1982, I guess, 84. You seem to have a theme going on. Yeah, that was a one one year I had with werewolves. So, uh, what else do I have on top of my head? All these other movies. Um, Waxwork. Waxwork 2. A really terrible movie I want to do for this podcast, or get you to do it for your podcast, called mm-hmm. Twisted Tales, uh, which was Tom Holland's attempt at a horror anthology and oh my 
God, it's so bad. I didn't even make it past the second story. It's that bad. <laughs> um. Anyway, like I said, sorry. Da, 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 yeah, the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which is Elvira's favourite B movie. Oof. So that I mean, she's like, really scraping the bottom of the barrel for that one, though. Mm, mm. I mean, personally, I actually like Return of the Killer Tomatoes because it's a it's a fun eighties cheesy ass mm. B movie, and I love okay. that one. Yeah, the second one's a lot of fun. Just watching with 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 John Aston as the crazy mad scientist. He he makes that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, oh, what the fuck's his name? Anyway, moving on, the Carrie Flashdance ripoff. Oh, sorry, homage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uses black paint and goose feathers, which hit Cassandra so hard, almost broke her bloody neck. Apparently. Well, yeah, I, I knew right away when she when she said she she was going to do like the flash dance homage, and she even you know does the dance with the the leg warmers and everything, and she says you know pull this, and then a whole bunch of like gold glitter is gonna fall mm-hmm. on her. I looked at my wife and I said, I you know right away it's gonna be pig's blood, you know they're gonna do a carry thing, which I was I was close, it was tar and feathers, but still. Yeah, yeah, like I saw that one coming a mile away. Yeah, black paint. Apparently, Elvira was finding black paint in weird places for weeks later. <laughs> As you do, and apparently the dancer, much like in flash dance, was a man. The whole backflip stuff and the whole dancing bit was actually a man, which I don't get because Elvira Cassandra Peterson is actually a dancer. So why didn't she do her own dancing? I never got that bit myself. Maybe she couldn't do the flips, is all. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's true. That's very true. And the song is Maniac by Rick Kershaw, which is actually a bit a serial killer, but they changed the words. <laughs> I've heard that story before. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never seen Maniac itself. I know I need to because it's one of like Tom Savini's earliest uh, effects movies. So, but yeah, I just it's, I've it's seen the I've seen the remake with Elijah Wood that I really enjoy, but I've never seen oh, the original. God, the remake's terrible compared to the to the original. Uh, I mean, the original was no as great as it makes out to it. It's but it's it has originality to it. But the remake is fucking terrible. I don't like the remake at all. The remake was awful. Hmm. But anyway, like I say, uh, the dancer was a man, and Cassandra. Da, 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 da. Oh yes, the cleanup scene. Cassandra is sitting in ice cold water, and she was partially nude, and uh, and had to keep on refilling the water and refilling the, the the bubbles to hide the breasts. And apparently there was stage grips up in the rafters trying to perv on her, which I think is fucking shocking. But moving on. Oh, I don't think that's shocking at all. Yeah, well you're a perv, but moving on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love the fact they have. Beer, beer. How very 80s is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love beer, beer. Yeah, it's in everything. It's in uh, street trash. It's in all the trauma stuff. It's in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes until they get money and then have branded beer. It's mm-hmm. in the horror movies and it's in this also. I mean, I just love that one. Beer, beer. I and think was, I think it might have been in uh, Maximum Overdrive too. I think we talked about it was beer, beer. Oh, yes, yeah, so it is. Yeah. I have to know, is that actually a real brand? What is it? Bullshit made up for Hollywood. <laughs> I've I've never seen a beer can that just says beer, dude. Okay, then. I think it's I think it's literally just a cheap prop. Okay, then. Okay, then. Uh, where was I now? Da, 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 da. Oh yes, the casserole scene. That's real earthworms that were put in the pot, uh, which the crew used to go fishing the next day, <laughs> much to <laughs> Cassandra's shock because she's a big animal rights activist. Apparently, the the, the worms had a little sponge bite to land on because you didn't want to hurt the worms <laughs> I'm like, what the? Oh. ridiculous 
And that's two puppeteers under the table trying to cope a field because she has her, her cookbook, her, her auntie's, her great aunt's cookbook, and she makes a dish shop, which she thinks is a casserole dish, but it's not. It's actually to make a, a little, I don't know, uh, gooey like monster. Yeah, little... To me, it looked like like a giant iguana. Mm, okay then, okay then. And as I said, there's two puppeteers under the table, and they cope a field because of course they do. Uh, basically, really? the, the 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 monster rips her. her um, her top off and of course she exposes her breasts and da 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 uh, that's after she kicks out the teenagers which I love because they're all sitting there and what's that smell what was it propane don't smoke sort of thing and then she unsettled it, it was, you know, it was uh, what was that smell gasoline whatever you do don't smoke oh is that what I was trying to put sorry I love the fact she hits on on Bob unsettled she sits there like a complete like I don't know imbecile going what will I do now sort of stuff it's like oh you're an idiot <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 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 sitting like at both ends of the couch. You know, she wants him, and he's just so oblivious to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because apparently he's playing a, a virgin in this. Apparently, mm-hmm. so there we have it. It's like so she cooks up the meal and it attacks her. Then they, they put it in the waste disposal, and, and the the thing splits over the place. And apparently that was done in five to ten takes, and they were covered in gunk every single take. They had to change the outfits constantly. <laughs> Such a fun scene. I loved it. I love the way yeah. the the, the I, I'll just call it the iguana puppet or whatever the hell it is. I love the way it looked and just the way it moved when they, they they threw it in the sink and you just see the tail whipping at them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which brings on to Elvira goes up to the attic for some reason. I don't know why she got to the attic. And here she finds out she's a witch or the mistress of the dark, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here. Elvira takes Bob's virginity, as you do. <laughs> yep. Like I say, is Bob supposed to be a virgin? That's a complete oblivious, dumb jock virgin. I don't fucking think so. I mean, this guy's what must be in his what late thirties, and he's a virgin. Yeah. I don't think so. You know. Mm. Try to say to me, Patty, if I once tried to, I don't know, do the seven ten split with him, I think not. You know. <laughs> Oh, not if you know she was as flat as she you know ends up being when you get that that joke. You know maybe she, that's why she didn't give him any. Mm, that's true. That's very true. Although in saying that, all she had to do was keep the lights off. You know, keep the brow on and just mm-hmm. you know moving on to the orgy scene, which is in every level of wrong. It is wrong. I mean, you have the sausage and tackle bit, which was made up by Kurt Fuller on the set. That's just mm-hmm. so bad. So remember you thought something and she pulls out attack and goes yeah and swallows the, the sausage whole nearly the fucking slut yeah. and also old lady is Eve Smith aka Antivirus she was one of the uh, the one that dances with Bob the old lady that dances with Bob okay she, she was uh, the movie Macabre's Elvira's aunt none of never saw movie Macabre so I have no idea what these cast members were but she was Antivirus news to me I have no idea what that is no so you didn't you actually watch it okay then Okay, then. Like I said, that's just all wrong. Uh, she has a love potion made up and makes the whole town go sex mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. This 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 was a whole lot of wrong on numerous accounts, especially when we get to the scene with Edie McClure. <laughs> and she lifts up her dress and she, she stands over someone's face and does she say, is this face taken? She it's just squats down at him. Yeah. Yeah, that's so bad. Yeah. And Kurt Fuller, shamelessly almost naked. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Uh, apparently there was a cut, a cut scene with Kurt Fuller and Abby Clure that were in the back of a pig truck driven by pigs. Hence why 
here's a line saying I swear I never touched a sheep because apparently it took him to a farm and the whole had the whole bestiality scene, but it was cut out. So get okay, in. Yeah, that was that, that that line was definitely out of context. I was wondering where the hell that came from. Yeah, like I said, there's a whole cut scene where they were driven to a, a a pig farm or some sort of farm, and he molested a sheep apparently. So there we have it. <laughs> and apparently he was actually naked in the back of the pig truck with these live pigs wandering the place. I mean, there's a job right there. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Anyway, moving on to the burning of the steak scene because Uncle Vinny has turned the town against her because he claims she's a witch. So what did they do? They burn at the stake. And this was shot on the exact same stage as Back to the Future. That's the clock tower in Back to the Future. Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice it. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The next time you watch it, we'll get for that bit. Cassandra was actually tied to the stake and the fire was lit. It was an eight foot deep trench, but the flames were 80 foot high. Fuck that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Fuck that shit. Mm. Uh, it's bad. She's bad enough. She almost gets blown up in the beginning of the movie. And now at the end of the movie, they almost burn her alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently they tied her on that thing for, I think it was four hours. And so she was freezing her arse. Oh, she'd always that uh, very revealing dress. And that's it. And apparently they kicked her in that anti-flame-proof stuff, what the, the, the stuntmen have. And that's mm. all she had on. And apparently she hated it because it made her skin itch, but she couldn't scratch it because she had her arms tied. <laughs> so she's sitting there with this stuff burning into her flesh. And, and apparently the wig had, oh, what was it, a can of hair, hairspray. So could you imagine if that caught fire? She would have been fucked. <laughs> I mean, and apparently Cassandra caught the foible from this scene because it was two o'clock in the morning in midwinter and she was getting sprayed down with ice cold water. I've got to say, this director's a bit of a dickhead, is he not? I mean, he doesn't give a fuck about the leads or the actresses' um, care at all. I mean, she don't get blown to pieces, she don't get set on fire, and now she's getting drenched with ice-cold water. What a complete prick. Yeah, she, she, Jesus Christ, she's definitely a trooper in this. I mean, oh, she gotcha. the same, she's wearing the same outfit. You know, there's the joke, you know, is it the same outfit? But she is wearing the same outfit throughout the entire movie, and there's there's nothing to it, all jokes aside. So she's she's covered in all that shit i i'm surprised she didn't get worse than the flu mm. yeah 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 and elvira's ruby ring which you can get on avira.com for 38 quid also the earrings for 22 quid i don't know why i did that but i just did <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's actually it was from a cracker box apparently <laughs> yeah cracker jack box yeah i can see that yeah. for sure she found it in 1981 and that was her that's it that was the complete outfit that the little knife Thing. Oh, I forgot to mention, she has the, the trick knife which she stabs one of the, the goons with in the bowling alley. I love that one. Yep, yep, and I love I love how she even had like the bad Spanish accent when she pulled out the knife on him. Yeah, I, I cut you, senor, and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, and she, she pours was, the, she, the I the cut booze. you, man. Yeah, I cut you. Yeah, she pours the booze on her crotches. Mm-hmm. I love that one. And they pick a fight with her. I'm like, really? She's a fucking, what, she's five foot four or something like that, about 100 mm-hmm. odd pounds, and you, you two are going to kick a shower? What a bunch of, moving on. So finally, Elvira uses her magic powers to bring down the rain to put out the fire and save herself because, as I said, she's tied to the stake, da 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 and the teenagers are now locked in a jail because a bunch of idiots have used a, a drill to cut through the, the jail roof and fall through. Yeah. Like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun slapstick moment, though. Like, she sees the kid, and then she says, oh, well, at least thanks for the for the effort or something like that as they're taking her away to the stake. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that she goes, Bob, what? Bob, come here, come here, what, what, what? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the book's under the, the loose floorboard in the house. Okay, and Bob, Bob, what? Could you get me a, I wasn't a lawyer. I will be in the morning. Oh, great. Bob, get me the car. He goes, yeah, well, what is it? Bob, 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 what? What are you waiting on Christmas? Run for the house. I love that. Yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> I just love that. Anyway, so back at the house, Bob gets jumped by the goons, and Uncle Vinny now has the book. So, and Gonk turns from a poodle to a mouse, runs all the way to Vira's house, and untags Bob. Because Gonk is Elvira's, um, what would you call these things? Familiar? Yeah, familiar. Um, it transforms from a Rottweiler to a poodle, to a mouse, back to a poodle. <laughs> so, there we have it. As we find out, like I said, she's the mistress of the dark because her auntie or mother, who that was, was the original mistress of the dark. And apparently Uncle Vinny killed her. I mean, it's not explained how he killed her. So moving on. I don't don't think he actually explained how she died, but it it went to that scene where baby Elvira is dropped off at an orphanage or something. And Mm -hmm. baby Elvira is still covered in the makeup that Elvira wears to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pick and save orphanage. I love that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, that kid has actual real makeup on that kid. So, and uh, Cassandra hated the fact the kid was plastered on makeup. So there we have it. Oh, and apparently yeah, the, the, the Rottweiler. Yeah, yeah, it did look bad. Yeah, apparently the Rottweiler that was carrying the baby crib thing, carriage, what the hell that thing was, mm-hmm. dropped that thing like five times. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, I hope the baby wasn't in it when he was. No, 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 it. no, no. It was a dog. Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be a well-trained Rottweiler, but it kept on dropping the basket. So, hmm, maybe not put the baby in the basket. <laughs> yeah, or maybe hire better animal trainers because between the yeah. Rottweiler and Gonk, I don't think they did very good. No, no, and they are not as contrary to a popular opinion, they are not Avira's dogs because Avira had at the time she had three Rottweilers because again she's a big, huge animal lover. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, she she had uh, what was it, fifteen chickens and uh, what's called things, parakeets and mm-hmm. cockatoos, not malarkey and she'd always to. She bought this big gigantic house in the hills of Hollywood, and it was haunted. It was haunted by uh, at least three ghosts. But if there's a podcast I listened to ages ago about this thing called what the hell was it called ghosty tank it was called and it had, it had cassandra on as a go as a host sort of thing i guess rather and she's talking about how she had this haunted house and it was it was uh, four stories high and there was a swimming pool and this pool was haunted by a woman it was drowned in the the 50s inside the pool and da 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 and that's malarkey moving on back to this movie uh da, 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 where was i now Oh yes, Uncle Vinny now has the book and is after uh, after Elvira for her magic ruby ring. And the face-off between these two, I loved it, was done in one shot. Yeah, I, I love once Uncle Vinny starts going full crazy and evil, um, I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun with, with this character. Mm-hmm. And the Rambo Elvira, I love that one. <laughs> was it shot, sounded like a good idea at the time. Yeah, it uh, was shot at 2.30 in the morning. So there we have it. And she, again, she's wearing a skimpy ass outfit at that time of morning. Fuck that in midwinter. Jesus. Uh, anyway, the final graveyard fight with Cassandra and Uncle Vinny, or Elvira and Uncle Vinny. Apparently, Cassandra almost passed out as she's lying in the dry ice because apparently she would realise the dry ice is actually poisonous. <laughs> she nearly killed herself. It's like, God almighty. 
I love the fact that the bazooka doesn't harm Uncle Funny, but the high, mm. the high heel does. High heel pokes yeah. him. <laughs> Well, my wife, my wife even said that. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Well, you know, they're called stilettos for a reason. They're named after the knife." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but it wasn't. So I mean, so the the, the fight through the graveyard. She runs for it back to her house. For some reason, she goes into her house and takes care of one of the goons by putting leeches on his face and kills him off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Uncle Vinny attacks her in the house and gets his hand chopped off by uh, some sort of axe thing. And that's a nod to The Hand, which is a cheap-ass 80s horror film um, starring Michael Caine. Yep. Also a nod to Evil Dead 2. I love The Hand just crawling around with a ring attached to it. I love that one. Mm-hmm. And the house interior was actually set in a light. So that's Cassandra sitting in real fire. Jesus. <laughs> oh, um, that, that poor woman, you know, she's, you're telling me all this shit that she had to do. And she didn't make any fucking money from this yeah. movie either. Make a silver dime on this thing. It's ridiculous. <sighs> I mean, but yeah, like I say, I love the the whole fight. Oh, she gets her ring back. She deflects his magic thing and hits her own, her own back, and she just blows up in the sky and just blows up the house. I just love mm-hmm. that one. Oh, you did. You missed the part where when she's in the graveyard and she can't get through the door, so she uses the power of her big breast to to bust oh, yes. through the, the gate. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, and that was done for real, apparently. Oh. <sighs> So, like I said, that was done for real. The power of, mm-hmm. of Cassandra's boobs. Actually, uh, moving on. So, uh, <laughs> Elvira blocks Vinny's magic attack and mm-hmm. she gets after the ring back from the hand. I love this, the cycle sting that used to stab it with, with the needle. <laughs> I love that. Yep. And Elvira's house is now burned down. So, the next morning, the town all rally around her and they go, We're sorry for what we did to you, you know. Because Uncle Vinny turns out to be evil, as is the master of the dark, and turned on the town's busybodies, turned them into swine, into pigs, which I love. So the town know he was evil, and they'll give, like, if I had a, a, what was it, castle dishes and such, and da 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 da. And the lawyer pops back up and goes, Since your uncle's dead, you know, his, his fortune, and it's a considerable fortune, and cut to Vegas. Yep. Which was shot. After filming Wrapped, and Elvira, sick with the flu of 106 fever, had to fight with the studio to get this thing added. Because apparently they wanted to end it with, with Elvira and Gonk sitting on the on the steps of the house, the burned out house. And that was maybe the end of it. She had to fight to get this, this Vegas bit added in. Well, that would make sense. That's if she was trying to do the whole movie. She has to get yeah, to Vegas. It's ridiculous. I mean, and that tassel thing is actually Cassandra learned in Vegas when she was... Uh, I think she was 15 from a stripper in the 70s. <laughs> Taught how to do that, the nipple yeah, tassel spin a, thing. Yeah, she's a very talented woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, perhaps she can do both boobs, one going one way and the other one going the other way. So <laughs> there we have it. Yeah, that's what she did. She did the right one, then she did the left one, and she ended it with both of them. Like mm-hmm. I said, very, very talented woman. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, that whole dance stuff, uh, Elvira had pneumonia. <laughs> when she was doing that thing. So that whole singing and dancing stuff, the whole um, I don't do what the girls do uh, dance thing was done in two takes, I believe. And she was deadly sick. Well, Jesus, anyway. after all the shit you've told me, I don't blame, I don't, I'm not surprised that she had pneumonia. Yeah, exactly. That's all ridiculous. Anyway, that was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. A cheesy, low-budget, slightly naughty late 80s b movie and all the better for it iconic clever funny rude and stupid 
Elvira is a horror icon for for a bloody well reason. So what do you say? Uh, you know what? I, I I had a lot of fun with this. I mean, all jokes aside, I've been an Elvira fan since I was a young kid. I'm I loved her cameo in Pee Wee's Big Adventure as the biker mama. I mean, I've always loved like the cheesy. You know, like I grew up in I'm in Chicago area, so I know you know we got Svengoolie. So I, I love like the cheesy hosts. I'm always loved Elvira. I even have like my, I, I once found it like a gas station, like it's a CD called Elvira's Monster Hits, and it's her singing, and I had that on my iPod. So that that's how much of a big Elvira fan uh, I am. I thought this movie was great, loved it. You know, I mean, sure it drags in a few parts, but you know what? Who cares? I, I you sit down, and you watch. I had a blast. Mm, okay. So let me explain the scoring, since Eric and I are a bit of a drinker. It's in booze. The higher the score, the more booze you can enjoy this movie. One star is one beer. Two stars is a six-pack. Three stars are eighteen-pack. Four stars is a keg. And five stars is a bottle of scotch or whiskey. I'm going to give this thing one ginger beer. One star. I love this movie. Like I said, I've seen this about 25 times and about five times a year alone i love this movie so what do you say eric um well you know what since we're not going to give <laughs> since i found out a couple episodes ago i can't give half stars i'm no. going to give this a solid two then because you know it's not perfect there's a couple times when you know it does drag when elvira is not on screen because she is what makes this movie fun not just you know not just the you know the gratuitous boob shots or whatever just the puns and her delivery it shows that she came from the groundlings um solid too okay then okay then fair enough fair enough like i say is one ginger beer i'm betting break my own rules here but fuck it it's my podcast (laughs) yeah you know know i'm less than a six pack you know give me give me three beers and i'm good but we'll do we'll do a two-star rating Okay then, fair enough. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you liked this, leave a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it's called. Also, like, share, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at SchlockyHorror and Instagram on Schlocky underscore pod. Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and follow Eric on... You can find me on Twitter at movies underscore beer three six five and two bearded losers. My other podcast is the number two underscore beard underscore losers. Okay, now. next podcast is another request: the House and Solid to Roll, requested by JVTV, which will be fun. Yeah, Jay Jay's a good buddy of mine. I've, I've been friends with him for a while, and this will be a first time watch for me. Never seen it. Never seen the original. Or excuse me, never seen the remake, so I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. So I know exactly who to blame if I hate it. Okay then, okay. The remake is utter ridiculous early millennium horror. I mean, it has Kitty Fisher running around for a shotgun. So <laughs> and it's normal. Bug nuts crazy in that movie. Anyway, and the remake, uh, the original is a bit um psychedelic. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh great. Anyway, goodbye, and as the virus says, unpleasant dream, darlings. <laughs> you stole my line, damn it. <laughs> oh, dear God. Okay, then, well, bye. Bye.